I um, sometimes in prayer and sometimes in the ministry of the word, I have had, I don't know if I'd call them moments, uh, I've had, I felt like the illumination of the Spirit of the Lord that what I was praying or what I was speaking, I was praying it or speaking it so that it would go into the air. I was declaring it so that it would go into the atmosphere. I believe we are part of, I know we are part of a spiritual work. And the scripture says in the book of John chapter, and I just drew a blank. I think it's John 3, maybe John 6, maybe 3 and 6, I don't know. Uh, the scriptures we've heard, right? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. It is John 3. Thank you, Brother Jeremiah. I'm sweating up here. Not really. And, but verse 7 says, I think it's verse 7. Let me just, I put him on this. Now he's having to work through there. Marvel not that I said you must be born again. Verse 8. That's the verse I was looking for. It says, the wind bloweth where it listeth. And you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell whence it cometh. In English, you can't tell where it's coming from. And you can't even tell where it's going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now, well, I thought I was just going to say something, but we might be here a minute. The scripture often likens, when we see references to the wind, we understand that the scripture is speaking of the Spirit, alluding to the moving of the Spirit and the wind, as we read here in verse number 8 of John 3, that the Spirit, we don't control the Spirit. By God's grace, we learn to identify with His Spirit. His Spirit dwells in us, and so we become attuned as we die to ourself, as Brother Lewis said at the outset, as we, as we die to ourself and our ears and we become sensitive to the voice of God and the Spirit of God, we begin to be led by the Spirit of God. This is the design of God. The reason that he said through the Apostle Peter, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The reason he declared those words isn't because you need the Holy Ghost so when the trumpet sounds, you can go. Now, I believe that. You do. According to the Word of God, if the Spirit doesn't dwell in you, there's nothing to quicken you and get you out of here when the trumpet sounds. But that's not why we receive the Holy Ghost. The infilling of the Holy Ghost is so that we can be led by the Holy Ghost. And so this, it's why in the upper room on the day of Pentecost... Suddenly there came a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. It's the Spirit of God. It's the breath of God. It's why in Genesis chapter 2, God formed man of the dust of the ground and then God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. But when man separated from God because of sin, that relationship was broken. But it was restored on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God again breathed into man. And man began to speak, not of his own will, but man began to speak of the utterance of the Spirit of God. This is God's design. God, some of you have heard this, we're taking a minute. God did not frame man with his word the way he did all the other stuff. Let there be light and there was light. Let there be trees and there are trees. Man he formed and breathed. There's nothing in scripture that says God spoke man. Why? 
Because you and I are created different than everything else God created. We're created with divine purpose and the plan in the kingdom of God. And that divine purpose is that, remember what the scripture says in Genesis 2, He made man in His own image. In the image of God created He them. You are created in God's image. This is far greater than just some external view. You and I, from the beginning, were designed to be sons of God. This is His plan. He designed you and I to be sons of God. Well, we read in John chapter 1 that as many as believed Him, the Word, the Word that was made flesh, as many as believed Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. We read in Romans chapter 8, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. See, this was the plan of God from the beginning. And so, the idea is that sons of God would operate under and in and with the authority of their father. And by the leading and the instruction of their father. And so for you and I who have been formed in the image of God, his plan is to fill us with his spirit, which he's done with many of you. And then that we are led by his spirit. And because the work of God is a spiritual work and it goes and blows where it chooses, you and I can pray things and speak them into the air. We can declare things under the unction of the Spirit of God. And when we declare them, they can go out and accomplish a work of God. How does that happen? I don't know. But explain, I can't explain it. I know it to be true because I've witnessed it in my life. Where the Lord can move upon me and He can move upon you. He is no respecter of persons. I don't have access to something you don't. God is able to come upon you in a place of prayer, in a place of worship, in a place of the Word, and His Spirit can flow through you, and the Word of God can come through and out of your mouth. And the Scripture is very clear. The prophet Isaiah said, My Word will accomplish that which I send it to do. It will not return to me void. And so when you and I as sons of God filled with the Spirit of God, begin to declare the Word of God. It goes forth with purpose. That's what I feel here in this house today. I have an unction from the Holy One. I can say it that way. That's what comes to my spirit. To declare some things into the air. I don't know if it's for anybody in this room or not. But I have something turning in my spirit this morning that I'm going to declare some things into the air. And God, by your spirit, let them go where you want them to go. Let them reach where you want them to reach. Do you believe the word of God can do that? Do you believe the word of God can come out of your mouth and it can reach across the miles? It can reach across oceans. It can reach across valleys. It can reach across mountaintops. It can reach into hardened hearts. It can reach where you and I cannot see and cannot fathom. But the uttered word of God through the lips of the sons of God can go forward and accomplish great things. Let that get in our spirit so we know who we are in Him. So our prayer is not, oh, help me, God. But my prayer is, what are your words? I will declare to the nations. I will declare to my city. I will declare to my home. I will declare to my school. I will declare to my family. I will declare to lost loved ones. I will declare the word of God. And it will go and accomplish what I send it to do. We got to know who we are and walk in the power and the calling of his spirit. Maybe we should read where I thought we were going to start. Man. Anybody feel what I feel inside? I think before we're done today, we're going to pray. And you're going to release some things in the spirit. You understand, the Spirit of God 
And the living word of God has no restriction, no limits. I'll never forget. I wasn't there live. I wish I would have been. I might not have been alive then. I don't know. But I'll never forget listening and hearing. Sister Vesta Mangum ministering one time. And she was ministering about prayer. And as a kid, I, I grew up as a, I mean, as a kid. I remember being, well, I must have been younger than 10 because we still lived in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And so I remember, so I must have been seven, eight, nine, because that's the ages I was when I was there. And I remember hearing stories about Sister Vesta Mangan as a kid and the way she would pray. And there's a story that stuck with me. Then I'll come back to what I heard her say when she preached. There's a story that stuck with me that Sister Vesta Mangan decided she would give God a minimum of eight hours a day in prayer. Because she knew people were giving eight hours a day to some job that was earthly just to make money. Which they, people have to do that. We have to you understand. Work is scriptural. But she had determined and made a commitment to God as he moved upon her. God, I'm going to give you a minimum of eight hours a day. I don't know how long she... I'm, I'm not telling you you need to do that. If the Lord moves on you, do it. Won't hurt you, I promise. And I remember thinking as a kid, man, that's crazy. I have trouble praying eight minutes. I was seven, eight, or nine. And, and I would hear things about her like, she was giving up her, she said she was done with her prayer life. She was giving up her prayer life. Now, I heard her say that when she was ministering. I thought, what? She said, I'm giving up my prayer life. I've had a prayer life too long. She said, I've decided it's time for me to have a life of prayer. Small change, but significant difference. Her prayer life was a thing. Her life of prayer was her existence. But I remember her ministering one time back to where we got started on this trail. And she was talking about praying and declaring things in prayer. And I got to back the mic up because she yelled it and it just still rings with me the same way. She made this statement. She said, in prayer, in a moment in prayer, I can go to Africa. And when she said it, she wasn't like speaking in her mind. The way she declared it, she was declaring, in a moment of prayer, I can be in the Spirit, and in the Spirit, I can go anywhere in the world and impact. And this, I'll never forget. I don't mind telling you. That so marked me when I was younger that I've spent my life believing that. And I still believe that. We must know who we are as sons of God. Long past should be the days of now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If you haven't got confidence he's already keeping your soul, you're probably in trouble anyway. Long should be the days of God, please do this. Please help with this. Please somehow change this. Please, please, please. You, we're, we're beyond that. We need to be individuals yielded to the Spirit of God that would pray as His Spirit gives its utterance. You say, but Brother Hart, there's things in my life, in my home, in my family that I need to pray about. I've got a word of God for you. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Try that. Romans 8 and 26 tells us in our humanity, when we're faced with things in life, when we've got things coming against us, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to pray. We try to tell God what, what we want Him to do. But Paul told the church at Rome, when we don't know what to pray. Likewise, the Spirit, that indwelling Spirit, when you receive the Holy Ghost. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. 
For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Have you ever been dealing with a situation in life, circumstances of life, and you've tried to tell God or talk to God about it, and you've, you've struggled to try to frame the right words of what you want to ask Him to do and how you want to ask Him to do it, and you're not sure where you need to ask Him to start, and you, 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 like that. Anybody? Just me? Yeah. Why is that? I'll tell you why that is. In our humanity, we don't know how to pray what we should pray for as we are. But if we'll recognize who we are and yield ourselves in prayer, right, God, I cast all of my cares on you and I'm waiting. I'm waiting on your utterance. I'm waiting on your words, Spirit of God that dwells within me. I am waiting on that which comes from you. I am waiting on that which flows out of your spirit. You who knows all things, you who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the spirit. And so therefore I wait on you and your flow of words. And as you begin to pray and reach to him, there may be spiritual utterance coming out. And you may not understand what you're saying with your natural ear. But the spirit prays for us. That's what the Word of God says. The Spirit itself makes intercession for us. You understand the Word of God declares that Jesus Christ Himself ever lives, ever lives to make intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Not according to the will of the saints. If the Holy Ghost... The Spirit of God would give us this revelation. Our prayer and our life would transform from a place of list praying to a place of liberty and authority and spiritual praying. And we would watch change happen. Because as we yield to the Spirit, that wind that blows where it listeth, can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. But as we yield to that spirit of God and he flows through us. He begins to speak the things that need be spoken. And all of creation is subject to his word. All of it. Pray with me right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You, child of God, are powerful in prayer. When you yield to the Spirit of God, you are powerful in prayer. My prayer is not more powerful than your prayer when you're yielded to the Spirit of God. Now, if I'm yielded to the Spirit of God praying, and you're praying in the flesh, there's not even a comparison. But it's not about us as individuals. It's about that which we're yielded to when we pray. Brother Zario may say, Elder Hart, would you pray with me about this thing? Now, I understand what he's saying is, I want you agreeing with me, joining with me. Now, what he can't be saying is, I'm not sure in my prayer, so you pray. That's wrong thinking. Somebody calls that stinking thinking. We must know who we are. I'm not saying I won't agree with you in prayer. You understand? We should agree together in prayer. But we must know who we are as sons of God. And as we yield to the power of prayer, His Spirit flowing through our lives, there's not a one of us in this room that can't speak to the mountain, 
be thou removed and cast into the sea. And we will have that which we ask. I just felt that. I'm telling you, I just felt that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, now we'll start. We'll read. Isaiah chapter 53. You and I live in a world that needs a praying church. They need a praying church that prays the way we've been talking about. That prays under the authority and by the utterance of the Spirit of God. It will change the world. That doesn't pray with human compassion, but prays with the compassion of Christ. Doesn't pray with human emotion. I'm not saying your emotions won't be involved, you understand. But prays with the emotion of God. Now, some of you are like, you mean God has emotion? Oh, absolutely He does. You ever read this? He is a jealous God. I read in Scripture that He can be an angry God. I know Him to be a loving God, a merciful God, a compassionate God. The Scripture says He was moved with compassion when He saw people scattered as sheep having no shepherd. Absolutely God has emotion. What I have to do when I go to a place of prayer is I have to push my emotion out of the way so that I'm yielded to His emotion. God, I know how I feel, but my feelings deceive me. I want what you feel. Give me your feeling for this situation. Give me your understanding. Let me pray according to your leading and your emotion for this matter. That's what He wants to do as we yield to Him. But if we're not careful, if we're not careful, when we're facing different things and circumstances and events in life, or we have awareness of things going, our humanity, because our humanity has emotions. Yes, all of us have emotions because we're created in His image. But sometimes our emotions aren't the right emotions. Or if we pray from the place of our own emotions, we're struggling to get in tune with His. Anybody here ever been angry? Four of us, seven of us? Oh, there's a few. Oh, okay, good, good, good. All of us. You ever said something when you're angry that you're like, oh, man, I shouldn't have said. Anybody? A few of us. You ever said something when you thought you were in love and then later you realize, oh man, I wasn't in love. Why did I? Three guys raised their hand. <laughs> why do I point that out? Here's why I point that out. Because emotions, human emotions, can cause us to say or declare things that aren't true. Human emotions can cause us to say or declare things that when we look back we realize, why did I say that? But when I go to a place of prayer, if by the grace of God, I can push my emotions aside. I can, that's why we cast our cares on Him first. I cast my care on Him. Then when I yield to the Spirit of God in prayer, I get in tune and fellowship with His emotion. And the Spirit of God and the feeling of God and the expression of God begins to flow through you and I as vessels of God. And there's something that takes place in the Spirit. And it's not human emotion. There's times where I've been speaking to people, probably some of you at times, we've had conversations one-on-one. I, I, I'm trying not to think of anybody. But I, I remember at times where some I've, I've been speaking to, and I, maybe I get worked up or it seems like I'm getting worked up. Hard to believe, I know. And, and I would, I'll be talking to you, i stop and say, look, I, I'm not angry. I, 
but I realized what's happening in my communication is there's something rising in my spirit that wasn't. And I, I just believe it's the spirit of God identifying with whatever it is we're talking about. And I have to trust that. And so I realized, hold on, I didn't have that emotion. I didn't create that emotion. There's something we yield to the spirit of God and he manifests himself through us. This is what powerful prayer does. And so then when I go to a place of prayer and I wait and I push my emotions aside, fear, anger, doubt, question, grief, uncertainty, you, you name it, you, you push it aside, love, human compassion, all of those human elements, by the grace of God, I push them out and I wait and say, God, I need your words for this situation. I need your words for this hour. I need your words. I have my own thoughts and ideas, but God, they're twisted. I don't mean that in a negative way, but they're just, I'm confused or I'm battling through. I want to push by the grace of God. Take all of that from me and give me your words to pray. And he will. And sometimes he'll give you those words with understanding. And you'll begin to pray and declare something. And you'll be like, what did I just say? It's the power of prayer. And of a man and a woman, young lady, young man that is born of the Spirit. You are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You have been born of the Spirit. You can pray powerful prayer. You can pray world-changing prayer. In the book of James, chapter 5, I believe, we find the prophet Elijah. Elijah, Elisha, Elijah. The scripture says he was a man subject to like passions as we are. What does that mean in plain subject to like passions? Who says that? What does that mean in today's English? It means he was human. He was subject to feelings and emotions like we are. But yet he prayed earnestly. James 5, 16. I'll go back to my Bible quizzing days. I don't know about all that. See what that looks like, Brother Jeremiah. Seventeen. Seventeen. James five seventeen. One off there. Working on it. It says Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. That means he was human like you. He was human like me. And yet, let me read it here. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. He was a man like you and I, subject to emotions like you and I. Now, here was a difference. He was not filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost like you and I. But he had a word from God. And all he had to do was declare the word that God gave him. And when he yielded to the utterance of God and declared the word of God, he prayed that it might not rain. And for three and a half years, no rain. Why? Because one man spoke the word of God. What if he hadn't spoke it? It rained. What's happening or not happening? Because you and I are too busy to get in a place and hear his voice and yield to his utterance and speak things. If you went back in the Old Testament, we're not going to do that for sake of time this morning, but if you went back and looked at this passage in the Old Testament where he went before Ahab, he said, it'll not, I'm paraphrasing, he said, it'll not rain 
at my, except at my word. He wasn't saying his word alone. He understood he was declaring the word of God. He was a mouthpiece for the utterance of God. You are a mouthpiece for the utterance of God. As sons of God. This is why in Genesis he breathed the breath of life in you. It's why in Acts 2 he breathed and filled them with the Holy Ghost. Because you and I were not created by the word of God. You and I were created to speak the word of God. That's what he created us for. In his image. To speak his word. You realize when you pray, you can speak the word of God. And something can be created from nothing. Like two of you are thinking maybe. Something can be created from nothing. Can God do that? Absolutely. Can you declare his word? I'm not saying we go around randomly, right, and go, Apple, hold on, it didn't work. No, you understand, it's the utterance of the word. Of, why did I say Apple anyway? Why would you do that, you know? Vanilla Coke if you're going to, no, I'm kidding. You have not because you asked not, you consume it on your own lust. Anyway, you have the power of the word of God. When we yield to it. Now watch. Elias was a man. He prayed. No rain. Verse 18. And he prayed again. The heaven gave rain. The earth brought forth her fruit. You mean. The word of God was held in reserve. Waiting on this one man. He knew from the outset. Because he told Ahab. It won't rain except at my word. God had entrusted his word to a man. And gave his authority to operate through a man. And said, Elias, Elias at my word, it'll rain or not rain. You'll know when and when not to speak it. But notice where that started in verse 17. He was a man subject to like passions as we are. See, we forget that part. We start focusing on rain and no rain, and that's amazing, and that's powerful, and it is. But we forget he was a man subject to passions like us. Doubt, fear, uncertainty, question. He was subject to all that. Matter of fact, when he prayed and it started raining like we just read here, that was after he called fire down from heaven with a 63-word prayer. and The fire consumed the whole altar and the sacrifice and the rocks and the water and licked it up and all the 400 prophets of Baal were slain and he had great victory. And then Jezebel, the wicked queen, says she's going to destroy him. And this man who had prayed for rain and then spoke no rain and this same man who had done all this, now he's running scared for his life because the queen said she's going to kill him. Does that blow your mind? Why? He was a man subject to like passions as we are. See, we must quit disqualifying ourselves from being people of powerful prayer. You know what it takes to be a person of powerful prayer? A closet. A sacrifice of time. And a willingness to wait. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He wants to do this through us. It's his desire. It's his desire. Some of you need to speak to some things by the Spirit of God. And watch what he'll do. I have to read this. I'm trying to be done, but I'm trying to start. If that makes some of you nervous, don't worry. I think we're almost done. I haven't got to where I was going to start today yet. Isaiah 53. 
As I said a few moments ago, there are people in our world hurting. We're aware of the situations in our community just in these last few days. In this Sela community. There's people hurting. There's people asking why. There's people going. There, I, I'm sure there's some saying, why did God allow this? First and foremost, let me tell you, God didn't allow this. Let's make that very clear. God made a firm line in his word. The line is, I will not violate the will of man. I will give man their free will. If men choose to give up their will to accept my will, then I'll take control and lead their life. But if men choose their own will, I'll not interfere. And so people have made choices of their own will and under the influence of the God of this world. That does not mean God did it. God couldn't violate his word. We need to understand that. He allows people free will. Good or bad. You understand? We must know that. He's a just God. How just? So just he won't violate his word. The moment he violated a person's will, he's no longer God. Because he violates his word. Now. Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised. And rejected of men. He is a man of sorrows. And I want you to notice. And he's acquainted with grief. We hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised. We esteemed him not. Verse 4. Surely. Everybody say surely. That means without a doubt. No doubt. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Not he will, he has. Not he could, he has. He has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. He's already done this. Stand with me this morning. He has already done this. Remember I said I feel like I need to declare some things that I don't know if it's for you, if it just needs to go out. That's why I have to read this. If you guys are going with a heart, I was with you up until you started reading in Isaiah I, have to, I had to read this. Somebody needs to know. The Lord Jesus Christ is acquainted with grief. The Lord Jesus Christ has carried our sorrows. He's borne our griefs. He's borne your grief. He's carried your sorrow. He's already paid the price. He is the answer that you seek. He is the solution to the weight that's upon your shoulders. He is the relief from the pain and the pressure that circumstances of life have brought. He is the peace that passes understanding. He is the hope that this city, this state, this nation, our world needs. 
He is still the answer. And the grief that fills many in this community today, the Lord Jesus has borne the grief. And this day, by the Word of God and the authority of the Word of God, I declare this Jesus to this city. I declare this Jesus to these valleys. I declare this Jesus who has borne grief and sorrow. Adversary, you will not win. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. In the name of Jesus, I declare this one crucified and risen again. I declare this one who holds all power in his hand. Come on, you are a treasure. There is a treasure in you as an earthen vessel. There's a treasure that dwells in you. And as you yield to his spirit and let him flow through you, you can speak into the air and those things can change by the power of the uttered word of God through a child of God. Come on, yield to him, child of God. Yield to him. Yield to him. Let him flow through you. Let him flow through you. The living word of God can come into your spirit right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Come on, you do not have to accept circumstances in this world. When you get a word from God, you can speak to them and they must change. Hallelujah. Come on, stay yielded to the Holy Ghost. Stay sensitive to the Holy Ghost.
Come on, keep stay yielded to his utterance. We're not trying to prolong anything, but let's not get in a hurry either. Where the spirit of the Lord is moving, where he's flowing through you, stay yielded. Stay yielded. If he prompts somebody to your spirit that's here, go and just yield and pray with them. Let the Holy Ghost have its work here. Come on, the Lord's wanting to continue confirming his word today. You have power in prayer as you yield to his spirit. It's nothing you and I can produce in ourselves. It's the work of his spirit.
Jesus' name. Does your spirit bear witness today? This is a place of prayer he would like to take us consistently. Things are accomplished because it's his words. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. You just let this peace and love of God sweep over you right now. Come on, he's putting back into you. Many of you, there's been a flow through intercession and warfare and prayer there. So there's a spirit of the Lord here right now that's pouring back into your spirit. God of refreshing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.